Hello, and welcome to the Equity Foundation podcast. The Equity Foundation is the professional development arm of Actors' Equity. Our mission is to assist, educate, and inspire performers. To find out more, visit www.equityfoundation.org.au. Good morning or good afternoon, everyone. It's Alex Jones here. As you know, I'm the Program Manager of the Equity Foundation. And today I had the pleasure in introducing our special guest teacher, Nicole Peterson McKinnon. Before we commence, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nations and pay my respects to all the traditional owners of country and all throughout our country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture, and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I want to take a minute to thank the Equity Foundation's principal sponsor, Media Super. Media Super is your is the industry super fund. They can help you with your finances and they can work with you to help you build your super up so that you retire with a decent super. As I said, they've got a finance manager, they've got accountants, they've got people who, who you can talk to as well as superannuation advisors. So it's really worth your while talking to them. And if you need a contact detail, contact me and I can put you in contact with the right person. Okay, over to you. Thank you, Nicole. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, isn't this weird when this kind of pandemic postcode lottery, aren't we? Depending on where we live, depends, uh, determines like, what kind of, well, what our lives look like and what our livelihoods look like. And it's so up and down. I, um, I am very fortunate to be in Queensland. So I and free reign at the moment, but it seems like, you know, every time you go out, it seems like it's going to be your last. We don't know when we're going to go back into lockdowns and snap lockdowns all over the place as well. So um, first of all, commiserations with everyone for this crazy, crazy situation we're in. And like yourselves, normally I would be in front of live crowds as well. So I think I understand a little bit of, of particularly what actors are going through, particularly live actors are going through um, with all of this craziness, coronavirus mark two. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a presentation with you. I'm going to screen share right now and I'm going to make it seamless and smooth and hopefully that's now worked. Do I have success? I think so. <laughs> Good stuff. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So we're going to talk about all the financial help and hacks that are out there because, again, you know, we're kind of second year of all this. It's all changed from JobKeeper, um, a lot different this time around. And once again, it seems like our federal and state governments are scrambling and playing catch up with the situation, with the virus itself, um, in terms of what people actually need to get through to the other side of this. And hopefully we are getting through to the other side of this. So managing your money in the coronavirus crisis and the help that is available to you. So essentially, there's two elements of your finances. I mean, money can be incredibly emotional, but if you just think that it boils down to two things, it, it does help a little. And that's for money in, probably a very big problem at the moment, and your money out. There is always wiggle room in your money out. There just is. And there's all sorts of kind of supplements and concessions and things that can be done on both sides of that, of that balance sheet, of that equation as well. So money in, this time around, we've got the federal government's COVID-19 disaster payment. Now, this is a little bit like JobKeeper reinvented. Um, it's for full-time, part-time or casuals this time around. So hopefully it means that, that for the entertainment industry, that is more accessible this time around without forcing people onto JobSeeker, which is, which is lower paid. It's quite similar rates to the, and I'm, I'm sure you know all of this, so I'll just whiz through this. It's quite similar rates to um, JobKeeper, the end iteration of JobKeeper, in that if you worked between eight and 20 hours a week previously, and that's lost, you've got $450 a week. And if you've lost more than 20 hours a week, that's $750 a week. This time around, it's tax-free, which is quite interesting because JobKeeper was taxable. So I'm not really quite sure why they've done that. Maybe just the administration was getting way too much. That depends on what else you're receiving. Like that's the federal payment. If you're receiving a state benefit, you probably won't be eligible for that or any other support. Um, of course, it depends on your lockdown status. Now, it's paid automatically until you notify uh, the government or the ATO of any particular change in your circumstances and you have 14 days to do that and partners can claim. So two people can claim that similar to JobKeeper as well. 
There's also this pandemic leave disaster payment. Now, this one's a little bit different. This one is if you have to go into quarantine or self-isolation because you've, you've you know, moved into state or whatever situation you have. That's kind of to compensate for a 14-day kind of lock-in situation. And that's a $1,500 lump sum. Again, you can't claim that along with anything else. So that might be sort of one, two weeks that you claim, and then you might be able to go into disaster payments after that. And then perhaps there might be something that's state accessible as well. All of that information, which is, it does differ by state, which makes it quite difficult to kind of cover comprehensively, is on servicesaustralia.gov.au. So that's kind of the official side of it. Now, this is just a bit of a roundup of other things that you might be able to do that you might not have considered just to give you that short-term cash flow boost. So in terms of that money inside of your, your financial equation. So there's a really good tax hack and this allows you to get your tax refund in every, in every pay. So if you wait, if you typically wait an entire year and you get say $2,000 back in tax, for example, if you are on a PAYG and that deduction throughout the year, then you don't have to wait. What you can do is go to the ATO's website and fill out what's called a withholding variation. So you kind of guesstimate, so make sure you do it on the conservative side because you don't want to have to pay back any tax after this. But you can guesstimate what, uh, what kind of refund you should in fact be getting every pay so that rather than waiting for it, essentially giving the tax office a tax-free loan of $2,000 for a year, you can get that right now in each, each um, pay packet so that you don't have that sort of excess money that's been taken away when you dearly need it right now. Look, housebound hustles, you know, all sorts of things you could do, any skills, talents, now's the time to, to um, pull them out, jump on Facebook Marketplace, you know, do what you can to, to capitalise on any other talents you might have that don't involve crowds, which, you know, we all dearly need for our main talent. Um, selling unloved items is a huge trade in that right now as well. Um, skilling up for the future, of course, if there is time, you know, normally we're all time poor, if there is time, it's worth considering investing in yourself and looking at um, and at courses and other things that you could be doing to supplement life down the track. And then just a little word on Job Seeker, which again, I'm sure you're all across if that's um, where you find yourself. Um, that has gone up. Um, the end of the coronavirus supplement, which you might be familiar with, which was that sort of lump sum payment on top um, throughout that crisis period of uh, perhaps a year, that ended in March, I believe. So as that happened, JobSeeker did go up $50 a fortnight or $25 a week. Hooray, great, what a difference, hey? But at least it was something. The mutual obligations are back in, in full swing now. In fact, I believe they're, they're, it's more stringent than ever. So there is an obligation to apply for 20 jobs per month now. Um, however, you can earn $150 per fortnight without affecting your job seeker payments. And that's up from $100, which again is something... If you are on JobSeeker now for a period of more than six months, you have to enter what's called an intensive training stage to upskill. So this is, you know, it's really not been any sort of giveaway for a very long time. And those are the conditions as they exist at the moment on the JobSeeker front. Speaking further about money in, so if things are really strapped with whatever is available, whatever supplements, um, benefits are available to you at the moment, and of course, any employment income that's existing right now, if that's not enough and you find yourself in a pretty severe situation, there is help available. So the Benevolent Foundation, right, through equity is giving out money. So you apply to them, each state, in each state, you apply on the basis of hardship for all sorts of things. And these can be day-to-day -day living expenses as well. The foundation is there for you should you need it. Now, similarly, Centrelink can actually arrange all sorts of extra things. So if you are on benefits, but it's just not cutting the mustard, there's all sorts that Centrelink can arrange for you in terms of um, hooking you up with charitable organisations, all sorts of discounts, all sorts of deferrals on bills. There's a lot more that Centrelink can do if you kind of drill down into that and ask them for particular help. Um, there are also 
sounds too good to be true, but it is true. There are also a couple of no interest loan schemes. Now you need to be careful with this one because you know you Google something like that and we all know that you get a whole bunch of dodgy stuff come up. And I, I am very dreadfully sad to say that exploitative operators and loan sharks are the ones making an absolute killing um, in this pandemic. So do be really careful about what comes up when you Google something like no interest loans or, you know, you, if you Google debt consolidation, you'll get a ton of loan sharks. I guarantee it. And normally you'll recognize what's sort of the, the good from the bad by the URLs. So a .com is usually a for-profit possibly trying to fleece you rather than help you um, outfit. Whereas if you get a .gov or a .org, then those are the ones that are they're more likely to be offering the legitimate products, the legitimate kind of government-backed products. So there's two things here. You might know about the no interest loan scheme. It's been going for a really long time. So both of these things are actually administered by what's called Good Shepherd Microfinance. So this is a tremendous outfit, a charitable organisation. The no interest loan scheme has been going for oh, at least a decade, I'd say. Now, this one is a lump sum payment of up to $1,500. If something goes wrong, if something blows up in your life, like your fridge, like your car, um, if you need to pay for educational expenses like a computer and you just don't have the money for that stuff right now. So something actually, you know, goes wrong. I, I always say you need what's called what I call a holy shit fund for when shit happens, right? Because it does and usually at the most inopportune times. So if something like that happens and you just don't have that fallback, you don't have that sort of $1,500 that you need or that little bit of cash to get you through that particular crisis, the no interest loan scheme is the one to go for. So it's administered by some 700 branches of about 150 charities around the country. As I said, it's legit. So few little details here, up to $1,500, as I said, and it's like your white goods, your car repairs, your medical procedures, educational essentials, those sorts of things you can access it for. Um, you need to be on less than $45,000 a year after tax as a single or $60,000 a year as a couple. And as I said, you get that through a whole bunch of local community organisations or through financial counsellors. And I'll touch more on that later on, but a financial counsellor can help you with any and all of this stuff, basically. Now, in this coronavirus lockdown, going rolling on and on and on as it is, there's also this new no interest loan scheme. So this one is for really operational expenses, which of course is where most people are struggling right now on that real day-to-day -day basis. So this is the household relief loans without interest it's called. And again, Good Shepherd Microfinance um, administers it with the backing of the government and the loans themselves are issued by NAB. So for living expenses. A little bit of detail about this one. It's up to $3,000, just like the NILS scheme, the no interest loan scheme. There's no interest fees or charges, which is really important. Um, you can use it for rent, for rates, for body corporate fees or for utility bills. So really those running expenses where you might just be really struggling at the moment. Um, this one's available for people on incomes of less than $60,000 as a single or $100,000 as a couple. Um, or for people who've moved on to Centrelink payments after February 2020 I've written down which I think should probably say 2021 um, also the self-employed can access that one which is which is um, a really good concession as well so you know if things are really desperate there there really are things that you can do you you're certainly not alone here and hopefully as I say this will be a short-term situation we can only hope right it's kind of the money in and where we're sitting at the moment so let's look at the money out because no matter who we are, pretty much there's always ways that we can reduce the money that goes out. So rolling on from, from 2020's coronavirus crisis, when we had this huge rush of mortgage repayment holidays, they are again up and running and available from any lender. So what you need to do if you're unable to make mortgage repayments, if you have a home loan, then you need to contact that lender and negotiate with them about what they can do for you. Now, don't miss the fact that a mortgage repayment holiday is not a freebie. So yes, you get months off your, your immediate obligations, which is, of course, fantastic. And we're not really thinking long-term right now. We're just thinking about getting to the other side. But don't miss the fact that the interest will roll up onto your loan 
it will mean you pay more over the long run because it will capitalize. So you will become, you will start paying interest on interest. So just bear that in mind. But as I said, you know, short-term crisis necessitates a, a, a sort of big move, a, a measure that's um, outside of the ordinary, what you would normally accept. Better than a holiday itself, though, would be to try and stop that interest capitalization. So ask for an interest discount. Like there are rates out there available below 2% at the moment. The best mortgage rate with an offset account, a real offset account, which is really important for debt reduction, carries a rate of 2.17%, I think. I haven't checked that in a week, but I think it's 2.17%. So go to your existing lender and say, look, I know I can get 2.17%. What can you do for me? And see what they do. You could also try and switch your loan to an interest-only basis so that you're not repaying some principal for a period. You're still chipping away at that interest, so it's not capitalising, but you're not repaying the principal, which will dramatically reduce what you have to outlay every month as well. Um, and you could also take a mortgage holiday but still pay the interest, which essentially is engineering your own interest-only loan. Just on the mortgage front, whatever you do, um, when you do, if you do ask for a mortgage repayment holiday, make sure you redraw any excess money that you have sitting in your mortgage first. Now, I don't know if you remember the scandal with MeBank on the coronavirus crisis in March, April last year. What they did was they recalculated people's loan balances um, and subsumed a lot of overpayments into that balance. So money that people had parked in their mortgage, they thought they were just sitting there. Maybe it was for another purpose. Maybe it wasn't to sort of, you know, meant in the end game to repay that debt at all. Maybe it was just parked there for educational expenses or maybe it was the holy shit fund, you know, sitting there. Um, they thought in safety. A lot of that money actually zeroed out overnight. Same thing with a mortgage repayment holiday. So what a lot of lenders are doing is they're not granting you one if you've got excess money in there or they're granting it and they're just taking that excess money first, but not telling you. So it's really important you get that excess money out and park that in an offset account beside the mortgage is the best way, the best place to do that because it's mathematically the same saving for you, but just with that extra element of safety and quarantining that cash for you. Now, if renting is, is in fact where you're at rather than having a home loan, then there are some concessions that have been announced here. I mean, Quite frankly, it was a shit fight when this all started in March last year. And the difficulty with rent is that it is still pretty much an individual negotiation with your, with your landlord. And the other layer of complexity on that is that you've got, you've got um, rental agents in the middle whose commission relies on the amount of rent being paid. So there is a massive conflict of interest there in trying to get a rental discount um, Particularly, I found um, on my own investment property, where well, I was trying to give my tenants a big discount, and I found that the, the managing agent was being really obstructive on that because he could see his commission dwindling away. So that is for sure a difficulty. There has been some new concessions announced. So just sort of talking specifically New South Wales and Victoria, because those are the, the bigger lockdown issues at the moment. And of course, Sydney um, entering its 12th week now, or 11th, as I like to call it. All these, all these numbers are uh, correct now, actuarially acceptable now that lockdown is gone on forever and no one knows which way is up. So New South Wales, there's a $1,500 rent subsidy um, and there is also land tax relief of up to a landlord's 2021 liability. So in any negotiations with a landlord, it's worth you knowing that they can actually reclaim whatever their liability for that, that land tax would have been. They can give you that entire discount and they will get that zeroed out. So that will be a zero sum game um, move for them to do. So that's really important in your negotiations that you know that. In Victoria, it's a little bit different. There's $1,500 again, but it's paid um, from a means tested tenant effectively directly to the rental agent. So it just operates a little bit differently there. So let's move on to other elements of your money out. Okay, now your other fixed costs. So that's your housing, that's the roof over your head. Now your other fixed costs, um, that's a misnomer because there are no such thing as fixed costs, particularly in this kind of environment where there are all these emergency provisions available to you. So even before the world went crazy last year on, on this virus outbreak, there has always been a hardship provision with every single provider 
every insurer, utility and telco that you have, where they have to have a financial hardship department. So if you go to them, it's counterintuitive because you wouldn't normally, you know, go to an institution and say, look, I'm not going to be able to pay you because you'd be worried about the implications of that and what would happen. But they actually have to listen and they actually have to cut you some slack. They actually have to help under the National Consumer Credit Protection Act, which has been in for 10 years or so. It's got nothing to do with the virus whatsoever. But they're being even more lenient, of course, because of the virus. So anything that you might not be able to pay, that you might struggle to repay, go to them first. It's, it's, again, it's, as I said, it's totally counterintuitive, but go to them first and say, look, I'm really struggling. The income's gone. You know, I'm, I've been in lockdown 12 weeks. I can't work. I'm not going to pay my electricity bill. Please don't cut me off. Go to them and they will make a deal with you. So whether they suspend your bills for a time, um, whether they discount, whether they, they do some sort of payment plan, they will come up with some way because ultimately they want some money or they want the money, you know, down the track um, as opposed to getting none. So again, it's in their best interest to, to sort of work with you as well. And that's your every bill. That's literally your every bill. Um, some insurers are being really good about, about this. I mean, saw in um, health insurance last year when it was when it was all really bad, a lot of health insurers just waived premiums and just forgave them for like months and months and months because a lot of people were sort of seeing health insurance as that optional extra and they were ditching it really, really fast. And health insurers, you know, did what they could to stem that flow. And a lot of them, I mean, I got a four-month completely forgiven um, forgiven premiums from my health insurer. So if you do have health insurance, it's worth talking to them about that because they were particularly generous, I have to say, because they were they were seeing those outflows. Now, you might find that you can also get huge savings by switching. So if you don't get any, any joy from your existing providers, by switching providers, you could actually just save a fortune. And that's, of course, on an ongoing basis. Um, so CanStar is great for all, canstar.com.au is great for all your financial products. So everything from um, credit cards, which I'll touch on in a minute, credit cards, your mortgage, you know, getting that 2.17%, you know, if you're in a position to refinance at the moment. Um, any other financial product there, CanStar is the one to sort of sanity check that against any personal loans go to Canstar, um, Energy Made Easy or compareenergy.vic.gov.au in Victoria. Huge savings in energy, particularly pay on time discounts of about 25%. So um, there's a lot that's been, that you can do there, particularly if you've got a family of four, you know, you can really slash those, those energy bills. Um, whistleout.com.au is particularly good for your telecommunications. So if you think you can ditch an expensive mobile phone plan and, you know, sign up to a $20 pay as you go um, each month or et cetera, et cetera, that might be useful there. Um, look, I like PetroSpy for the cheapest fuel as well, although fuel has gone crazy, even though we're not moving anywhere. So hopefully that's not a huge component of your, um, of your budget at the moment. Special note on your credit card. So if you do have an ongoing debt that you carry over, you shouldn't be paying any interest on that. So the average interest rate is still 18%, even though we have these emergency panic, it's a pandemic kind of official interest rates of 0.1%. So if, yeah, so the credit card interest rate is still up at 18%, which is where it was at the beginning of the GFC, the beginning of the credit crack up. So that's kind of the dirty little banking secret there. However, you can get 0% if you transfer a balance to another institution and you can get that 0% for a period of up to three years at the moment. So if you're in a position to do that, then transferring a credit card and trying to pay it off within that three-year window is going to save you an absolute fortune if you have previously kind of slipped behind. Again, if you're in hardship, approach your bank to reduce your payments and waive interest. That's the important one because when you're rolling over a debt at that 18%, it does grow quite significantly. Um, and note that any of these things, any of these kind of um, repayment holidays, so with your mortgage, with your credit card, with your bills, there are, um, there are deals at the moment where that's not actually going to damage your credit score. So don't worry about what that means for you down the track. It's all about just surviving these, these few crucial months. And again, optimistically, I'm saying months, even though it's already been years. Um, 
money out. Your discretionary spending has, has I mean, this is the, the movable feast, this one, isn't it? And probably that's way down low unless you've been hitting new beats pretty hard in lockdown. Um, that may have halved, um, you know, your entertainment and your activities and what you spend. So we're not talking groceries, but, you know, the, the good stuff, the fun stuff. We've sort of got a reduction in what we can do in a lot of places. Anyway, I like the super simple budgeting template at moneysmart.gov.au. It's really no bells and whistles, but it's really comprehensive in terms of all the categories and helping you um, just really getting that very detailed picture of where your money goes and where you might be able to cut that outlay. Now, where to get help? This is really crucial because there's a lot of help out there. So the National Debt Helpline for free counsellors, and there are thousands around the country. Also on the pandemic last year, about April, May last year, the government put a lot more funding into financial counselling as well, uh, just on the download that actually previously cut it. But they restored, finance, they restored financial counselling funding, which was great because it was hugely necessary. So you get that at the National Debt Helpline, ndh.org.au or 1-800-007-007. Now, when you call these amazing, amazing people, they will probably get you in or they will go through your money. They will go through your budget. They will have a detailed conversation with you over probably an hour, um, probably make a booking for that, that more detailed conversation. And they will just go through with a fine tooth comb everything that you need and they will look at everything that you can get in. So these people will be able to help you negotiate all the things that I've spoken about today. So the financial hardship provisions from your every um, provider, um, anything to do with Centrelink, they will actually be able to go to Centrelink and possibly even fast track your approvals. They will be able to arrange things like Centerpay, if you've heard of that, which is um, it's kind of an automatic savings scheme so that your, your benefits are paid to you um, net of what you need to run your, your kind of um, your household and your life. So that um, that amount is deducted from, say, say your electricity, $10 a month is deducted, etc. So it's all taken care of for you. So if that's just getting a little bit difficult to manage, it's, it's not a bad way going forward. Anything like that, counsellors can can arrange including the no interest loans so they can really get on top of this stuff for you and kind of coordinate coordinate your response across the raft of these avenues that are available to you along with the government assistance the short-term government assistance that is there as well now I touched on briefly before how to recognize you know the, the real from the fakes when you're googling this stuff um, as I said look out for the dot coms because they're going to be profit motivated um, it's the dot orgs and the dot govs which are much more likely to be the real deals um, there are loan sharks out there you know these payday lenders are just cleaning up right now which is horrifying because they really are uh, more more appropriately called loan sharks and they charge an effective interest rate um, through fees and missed payments that actually amounts to about 400% a year. So whatever you do, don't go to these guys. And look, they they look shiny and they look for real nowadays. They're, they're all over the radio. They're all over TV, particularly regional TV where I am. You know, they've got shiny ads for, oh, you're a bit cash strapped. Don't worry, we'll help. And there might be a superhero or you know, just be so very careful about, about those things. And um, yeah, go to a debt counsellor or something to do with Good Shepherd microfinance instead. And look, I want to hear from you. If you've been wronged by any financial institution um, throughout this process, if you need some help um, with advocacy in anything, um, it is quite amazing. Uh, I'm about five foot two and 47 kilos. But when I throw my media weight around, it actually makes a really big difference. It constantly surprises me. But the weight of the media is, is good in this respect. If there is, you know, if I can name and shame an institution that's not looking after someone and is, you know, really acting for themselves when right now no one's supposed to be doing that, then I will happily do that in my Nicole Helps um, column in the Sydney Morning Herald and the Sunday Age. So those are all my details there. And if there's anything I can do to help, then I would be delighted to do it. Um, just a final note as well. The other thing that the government has dramatically increased funding for um, on the outbreak, the, the initial stages of this crisis, was funding for mental health. 
So there are a lot more, um, you can get a, a mental health plan um, from your GP, which I believe covers um, a very big chunk of 10 visits to a psychologist now. It used to be five. You can get up to 10. Um, there's all sorts of counselling lines and, and increased funding for those. So if you are struggling in, in all of this, because like, you know, our worlds have been torn apart in a lot of respects, um, particularly when you do rely on crowds and you do need people for your livelihood, then first of all, know that you're not alone. There's hundreds and thousands of us who've seen everything really flip on its head and, you know, can't wait to get to the end of this. And second of all, know that there is help out there. So, of course, shout out, um, as always, to two of the biggest, that's Beyond Blue and Lifeline. Just a quick Google will put you in touch with someone to talk to. So I might leave it there and then take any questions that you might have in terms of follow-ups on anything or anything specific that you're struggling with that I haven't actually mentioned. Okay, Nicole, it's Alex here. I've got a question here that I'm asking on behalf of someone. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to know as I'm on a pension, if I can get the relief after losing a TVC that would have gone onto my ABN. A TVC? Television commercial. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what Sorry. I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> I know the finance stuff, not the, <laughs> the industry stuff. So the question is, after losing a television commercial that would have gone onto an ABN, can, can the can person get relief, i.e. Mm, relief? As in yes. As in, or? as in the disaster payment, perhaps. Um, look, I would hope so. But you do have to, the specification is hours lost. Having said that, it specifically says this time around it applies to casuals, which of course was the big flaw in JobKeeper for this industry last time around in that you needed to have that employment history and it needed to be a year. So it cut out a lot of people. Um, I would hope so, but that's going to be something that he or she would have to apply for and find out. Um, certainly I'd like to know the answer to that um, and follow up on that one if they're willing to, to get in touch with me, Alex. Okay. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got Killeran here. Hi. Hi, Killeran. Um, my question is a bit like that one. It's sort of like, like I've got a part-time job, but I've been eating into my savings because I have lost a lot of projected work I guess so yeah sort of wondering like I went to check out the application for the COVID disaster payment but I got a bit nervous because it's not necessarily things that I've been directly scheduled for yet but I almost certainly would have done future um, income yeah and it's yeah we lost it due to the pandemic but I I don't know if I could be like this is the thing I was scheduled for like I, I yeah and I'm really nervous about getting another one like You've you've worked before, sorry. Had a false robo debt raise before for um Oz study, um a few years ago, which ended up being obviously like a big legal battle. But yeah. yes, so yeah, I'm sort of a bit nervous about what they might retrospectively then say isn't accurate for claiming it. Okay, okay. Well, I'm I'm obviously assuming that everything you've done has been in your best knowledge accurate in the past, so. I would hope that um, that wouldn't happen again would be the first thing. Um, those those robo-debt uh, activities um, have been widely um, criticised and I would hope that that level of poor intimidation won't happen again. Um, I mean, in fact, the ATO is like the biggest creditor in the country, basically. They, they forgive and do very, very lenient repayment plans for people who do um, owe money so um, I would probably put that fear behind you um, and get what you can this time around I guess that's the thing it's like I, I feel like it's ambiguous as to whether like I can't yeah. tell from reading about it whether I'm actually entitled to it or not and obviously I don't want it if I'm not entitled to it but if I am I yes <laughs> yes well I think I think it's hours lost that are the issue so if you had I mean I would say if you had gigs scheduled and then you didn't get those gigs and that's hours lost. That's effectively the same thing. So I think what you may have to do is wait for those, for that time. So as I say, you've got that 14 days to um, correct, like let them know of a change. Mm -hmm. So, um, and once you apply, it is ongoing until you let them know of a change. So, I mean, I'm a bit in the similar, similar situations, like in that first the first um, um, kind of breakout, um, I lost three speaking gigs in like one day 
Mm. Um, and that that income just was never there. It just disappeared. So, you know, I got JobKeeper, which which was great, but it just doesn't compensate for the um, the opportunity cost of what was coming down down the funnel, you know. I guess it's like an example would be because I do a lot of simulated patient work and um, due to my other commitments, I can only do it on certain days. And, for instance, they've just cancelled all of the days that I am available to do it for October due to the pandemic, but I hadn't they hadn't got around to the scheduling yet. So I definitely would have been scheduled, but I also can't like prove that. Does that make sense? You can't prove it. Yeah. Well, maybe I could, I don't know. It's just. Do you know what? I would call the ATO because I mean, to me, that sounds like hours lost. Yeah. And that's the actual definition, like eight to 20 hours lost, $450 a week, 20 hours plus $750 a week. It sounds like a straight up case of hours lost to me. And if an organization is going to back you up in that, yeah. then I, you know, I'm not sure that, that they would have a comeback. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Let, keep me posted. Bye. Stay in touch. <laughs> okay, we've got Janet. Oh, hi. Thank you. Hi. This is amazing. I was able to log in at seven minutes past, so I missed the bit about the um, disaster payment, which I applied for the first time for last night. Okay. Um, and I just want to encourage people that it was actually... It took a little while because you had to get the ABN of your employer or, or the person who paid you exactly right. But it but it certainly worked. And in fact, it was like within a couple of hours the money came into my account. Wow. So, <laughs> when does wow. that happen? they're getting better, aren't they? This is yeah. this is like so much better than JobKeeper. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have been looking at the at the different things and I haven't qualified because what I lost was I lost a theatre show but I was only actually paid for three hours even though it took longer than that to keep the show in my head <laughs> um, but then I I had a week where I would have both done the show which be which has been mothballed and another gig was cancelled so I'm like oh two in one week right now I can apply for that thing <laughs> so I did um, and I had to put that I lost three hours from one and five hours from the other um, but I'm what, what my question is, so there's the encouragement, um, but my question is, will it happen automatically next week or will I have to reapply with different things? I, only I believe it is automatic. Um, so you qualify and then it is ongoing until you advise that your circumstances have changed. So it sounds like in your situation, you might have to keep them abreast of your hours lost. You have 14 days to tell them of a change in your circumstances. See, we're freelance. We, I know. We're, we're, the, I we're know. where the, the words gigging economy came from. Yeah, exactly. completely so, random which week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I guess the other thing you could do, you could argue that, you know, your average loss is 10 hours or whatever it might work out at across. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, do you average out to the end of October, assuming that that's when, assuming you're in Sydney, Janet? Yeah, sorry. Um, so, I mean, if you average out to the end of October, um, yeah. you know, under the understanding that that's when lockdown might end yeah. um, and life might resume. So what would be your average weekly loss? And then, I mean, I, I feel like you could stand that up, you know, under investigation. Yeah, you could say, sure. well, actually, like, da, 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 averages to here's what I lost, here's yeah. what I can prove. And there's another group that's run no workshops that I normally do one or two for a month in the same way. I could probably just put them in as an employer too. Yes. I, yeah. mean, I, th I think that's, I mean, that's in the spirit of what this is supposed to be doing. It's just yeah. it's so difficult when, you, as you say, it's, it's a gigging situation. Yeah. So I had two different kinds of gigs that I put in and one of them was I get paid as an employee, like with a payslip and super. Okay. Um, and the other one is I invoice them. And they don't pay me super, even though they should. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is a whole other seminar. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, just pick, oh, in principle and bring it up every six months. But so I could put that kind of gig in too, just for everybody else's information. I could put that I was yes. self-employed under that one. Yes. And then I, I was casual under the other one. That's no, excellent because it's very specifically this time around, as I said, it very specifically includes casuals, which was the, the huge hole in JobKeeper. Um, and also the fact it's not taxed this time around is, is really good too. It just simplifies the whole process. Yeah. 
Yeah, so so self-employed and casuals are, are specifically included this time around. So that's tremendous that you can use those multiple categories as well. That's great information. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for running this. Oh, no, pleasure. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Cheers. Now, Nicole, I'm just going to read one out here. When you calculate the hours lost, is it is it only the time when you are on the movie set or can we include the preparation time, rehearsal, travel, et cetera? I would suspect that you can include anything that you would have been remunerated for, if that makes sense. So I'm guessing travel time is not, it, it really depends on the gig, but anything that you've actually lost income for. Yes, because I think, yes, I think that, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's well, I mean, someone can jump in, unmute themselves and jump in, but my guess is that you do only get paid for the actual job and, and, and the travel time and the prep time is um, what you do um, outside that time. That's just part yeah, of it. yeah, I, I would suspect so. I mean, again, it, like you've got to be able to justify this. Like you've got to be comfortable with what, what you put down, being able to justify it if someone did question you on it. Um, so that's what, you know, I was saying about averaging the hours lost um, and just being able to say, actually, I would have been remunerated for X amount of hours and I wasn't. So therefore I felt that it was, it was um, accurate to put that down in my self-reporting. So do you think they might come back like uh, with RoboDebt? Because, of course, they were notoriously awful about that. Do you they think were. That yeah, they were. And that was, a huge, that was a huge scandal. I mean, there was, you know, a lot of people wrapped over the knuckles about that. Um, look, I, I think people might be asked questions, but that's why, again, you just, you just want to be able to hand on heart say, no, this is what I think I deserve because this is, you know, what I lost that was financial. And have as much backing information to support your case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I've got here's a question just in uh, further to Janet's question just then. Are we to understand that COVID relief payments will cease together with the lockdown lift? Like, for example, in New South Wales, um, the New South Wales Premier is talking about opening up when we get to seventy percent mm. um, double vax and. Uh, you know, supposedly it's not not all, uh, not a total uh, release, but a pretty much you know back to normal. Hopefully, yeah. I think I think there might be a bit of leniency here in terms of the end. I think they might kind of default to this whole idea that that you have fourteen days to tell them about a change in circumstance because it's, we're not just going to like lift this magical blanket and everyone's going to run back to work again, particularly in your industry. So I, I hope that there would be a little grace period there while everything gets back on its feet. And can and and to double check these things if, in case people are worried. Should so they should ring the ATO and do a double check, should they? Uh, the ATO or Services Australia. There's a lot of information on Services Australia about the different payments in the different states. Um, so and if you just Google your own state, you'll get you'll go straight to the relevant section. So and that's again that's the difficulty is it's different everywhere. So um, it is it is um, unfortunately something that requires some individual investigation. Now, I'll just ask this on behalf of someone. And if the person who I'm asking um, wants to ask a follow-up question, please just, just let me know. Um, I'm not sure if this is too big a question, but would you be able to please ask about support for sole traders if you have an A, B, N and who this is available to? So I am not very across that, I'm afraid. I'm just trying to think what I know. I certainly know that there are um, deferrals of business loans available from banks, if that's an issue. Um, certainly self-employed qualify for the disaster payment, as I've said, and I imagine that takes in sole traders as well. And the household relief loans without interest are also available to the self-employed. So, um, yeah, I'm afraid I'm not particularly across the business side of it this time around. I'm very sorry about that. Oh, well, it's an enormous... Um, yeah, it's a... Enormous yeah, and, I mean, last time around it was just... It was a labyrinth of different measures and, um, and yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what they're doing this time, I'm afraid. All right. I've got another one coming up here. 
So we've got a space for a few more questions. If anyone's, oh, here we go. I'm on a single parenting payment. Can I apply for an additional Centrelink payment? Service New South Wales says I'm not eligible. So that's a single parenting payment. Can I apply for an additional Centrelink payment? I think it's generally one or the other, in which case you'd want to find out which one is the greater, Um, Um, wouldn't you? So, But what should have happened is that this person's parenting payment should have gone up by $50 in April, um, $50 a fortnight, because that was across the gamut of of Centrelink benefits pretty much, that rise. So although it was not huge, at least it was something. Yeah, okay. All right, we've got a space. Oh, here's another one. The state government, oh, here it is. The state governments have lots of different programs. The Victorian government have some and so does Sydney. Yes. So, okay, so that's... that's 100%, yeah. Businesses, so for businesses. So basically that's an opportunity for people to go to services, New South Wales or or the equivalent in Victoria, because we're mainly talking about Victoria and New South Wales and, and following up with them. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the thing is that, I mean, I know in Queensland, the, the opportunities and the loans and the, uh, the subsidies, the grants, um, they open and close at different dates as well. So it's just about staying right on top of it in terms of what might be available there for your business. And look, this is a question that comes up sometimes when, uh, for example, I, when I've spoken to financial advisors and things like that, just, just separately when I'm, I'm, they have said, and I don't know whether you, this is a weird question. They talk about a particular type of personality that's quite a good saver. Have you got any sort of tips on, on the sort of um, traits you need to, uh, tips and things to be able to become an effective saver? And oh, I could talk forever on this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, it's ironically, it's about and, having and a I long... Should probably, I just should just say, I'm not saying that actors are not good savers for a second. I'm just saying that sometimes in these difficult times, it, 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 it can challenge someone's, anyone's challenge, saving habits. Oh, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Um, and, and so I would say that you need a long-term outlook rather than being short-termist, which is very difficult when the salary you are getting is short-term um, in terms of contract work um, or particular gigs. So I, I think you probably need to adopt a mentality that just says that, you know, I might be doing three months work, but I want that three months work to last me four months or five months and just start with that kind of level of kind of amortizing the money you get. So there's that buffer that you're building in as you go. And that buffer hopefully won't be needed because you hopefully get another three month gig straight after and straight after and straight after. But then slowly you start to amass that holy shit fund where if things do go wrong and you have a six month downtime, for example, then you've got that money there and you don't find yourself kind of falling on credit cards in this desperate situation where you need to get no interest loans or, you know, go to job seeker. Okay. Okay. Here's another one. What about rollovers from TVCs, the t- television commercials that get lost? Regular rollover money that has gotten lost doesn't include hours worked. For example, I was on a rollover that was getting renewed the last few years. Last one was Jan 2020, and it's been deleted this year, presumably because of COVID. My other gig income over the year is likewise only a few hours the entire year, so unsure if I can qualify for payment. Do you want me to send that to you? Is that is that? Um, no, it it makes sense. Um... I think I'm suspecting that a lot of this will come down to whether the companies themselves, so the production house, I guess, would back up the fact that that work was coming. And if you know when that work was coming, because I think to be able to claim it, you'd need to be able to sort of quantify that. Um, and again, it would come up, it come down to, you know, being happy to defend what you've written um, and, and what you've applied for were someone to ask the question. So I think it would depend a lot on whether the company would back you up and go, yes, that was coming and it was three hours work and it was going to be, you know, next month, et cetera, as to whether you could claim that in your hours or not. I've just got a note here saying Barefoot Investor explains that particular thing quite well. So I don't know if you know that, you know, no, Barefoot investor, Nicole? Oh. No, anyhow. 
Oh, a car insurance. Big question about car insurance. Okay. Anything, anything more about car insurance? Certainly, certainly um, insurers could waive or reduce premiums under hardship provisions. So it's well worth asking that question. And the other thing is that a lot of us aren't driving our cars as much. So that's something to raise with your insurer as well to see whether that might give you a little bit more bargaining power in terms of negotiating premium um, decreases or waivers. Yes, that's a good idea. Mm. Okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, the Barefoot Investor, Scott Pape, barefootinvestor.com. It's just another resource for people to look at. Oh, here we go. Negotiate with all our providers and call. Oh, okay. So this is just clarifying. Negotiating with all the providers and call Service New South Wales or the ATO or the relevant state um, state body to check. That's that's your perhaps is is that perhaps a quick um, a summary, Nicole? Yeah, one hundred percent. So all your insurers, your utilities providers, um, your banking product providers, literally every bill in your life. If you're struggling go to each one of them and explain it and see if you can get a reduction across the board or even a waiver in terms of um, mortgages and maybe even credit card and personal loan payments. So when they do a waiver or when they do something like that, do you have to then, do they give you, is it like a permanent reduction or do you have to pay it off down the other end? So what will happen is that the interest will roll up. So it will cost you more ultimately, like I was saying, but it will be worth it if it just, if it just means that you get through this patch, this, this sort of traumatic income patch. Right. Okay. It's stressful, isn't it? Mm, There's a lot to consider. There really is. Well, Nicole, this has been fantastic and so timely. And thank you very much for letting us putting this as a podcast because so many people can't access um, these on the day. So to be able to have this is is just such a wonderful thing. So really appreciate it. So a pleasure, a absolute very, pleasure. We're very lucky to be able to um, ask Nicole to do this. Um, so we really appreciate it. Oh, I love it. And please take care, everybody. Like hopefully this is really short term, as I say. And and please understand that you're not alone. So it's, if this is nobody's, this is in no way your own fault. And you know we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Well, thank you very much again. Okay. Oh, take care. Just a little FYI, we're in week 33 of lockdown here in Melbourne. Oh, yes, I know. 2022. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you again to everyone here. And thank you again, a special thank you to Nicole. We really appreciate it. Take care, everybody. Be well. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. That was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you. Media Super is the principal sponsor of the Equity Foundation. For more information about the work of the foundation, visit equityfoundation.org.au or follow Australian Actors' Equity on Facebook and Twitter.